So you're having a hard time talking to women online. I understand it's awkward, it's hard, it's weird, and it's a losing battle when there are so many of you guys. So if you want to learn how to stand out, get her to respond, and be charming, interesting, unique, well, I can help you with that. Right now, I'm in the process of creating a testimonial page so you guys can see all the wonderful quotes from dudes that I've worked with. But here's one from Paul as we wrapped up our second to last session. I wrote, have you had any chats since last week? He wrote back, yes, I have. I did exactly what we were working on in our session and it went so well. And I said, awesome, please send it to me if you'd like to, but if not, no worries. And he wrote, well, she actually wrote to me after and told me, quote, I love what you did. And I said, whoa, wow, yay, that's amazing. So if you guys want to join Paul on the other side, not death, life, but living, please hit me up at kristencarney.com slash dating help and I will get you on your way to getting some hot ass dates, okay? Forgive my voice, I've got a sore throat. It's all this banter I have been doing. Come do it with me. Let's go get a sore throat together at kristencarney.com slash dating help. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Woman podcast, we have Dr. Kate with us, and she is a functional doctor. And I know we've talked a lot about health recently and testosterone and fitness, and you've heard all of that stuff before. But this week, she is coming on our show to talk to us about the impacts of porn. Plus, she's also going to share a little bit about her own dating life. And it's really interesting. It's like great insider information that you'll be hearing on this week's episode. So keep listening. Hey guys, welcome to the Ask Women podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Carney, a comedian and now dating expert, along with Marnie Kinris, owner of WingGirlMethod.com. And we have today Dr. Kate on the show, who is a functional and preventative medicine expert, who's going to talk to us actually about porn. So <laughs> that works out perfectly. <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> that makes sense. Yes. I like, well, thank I, you. Yes. Kate, thanks for coming on. I want to give a little bit of background. So I actually, um, there's a network that's called Focus that's out of Los Angeles and they're very female based, or at least that's my understanding um, about them. And so I was asked to be on Dr. Kate's show. Um, and then I went gaga because I'm all about functional medicine. And I mean, we had Trevor on our show recently talking about health and wellness and the importance of supplements and diet and fitness. And I think it's a really important thing for a lot of people who are listening. And I'm not going to bore you again with the exact same topics about how certain things affect testosterone um, and how you're taken in and perceived by women. But um, I, I, as you said in the beginning of the show, I, I would like to talk about porn because we don't really talk about porn. Well, we usually watch it. That's because we're busy. Right. We're usually watching it. Oh my God. I did have an embarrassing moment the other day at UPS. At UPS. I thought this was going to have to do with the bedroom. Were you like doing it at UPS? No, it was crazy. So I was at UPS and I was trying to return something from Amazon and I um, went to my Amazon account to click to do something. And I was like, well, where do I do it so that you can print it out? She goes, oh, press that button. I pressed that button and then it switched over to my internet. And the first page was like a lesbian porn what? page. What? Oh ah! <laughs> <laughs> what? And I was like, sorry, I'm so sorry. Uh, but like, I, 
I thought it was so funny and she didn't even flinch. I don't even know if she saw it. But um, yes, my, my porn was exposed to other people. So my point is I watch porn. We all watch porn. But I right. want to hear Dr. Kate's perspective on porn and, and the impacts that it wait, does have wait, on Wait, I'm sorry. We can't men. just brush over yes. the fact that you were watching lesbian <laughs> porn. I, the audience would kill me for not following up on this. That's okay. Well, actually, wait, let's talk about this, this as well. I've mentioned it before on the podcast because... I've actually done a survey of my female friends and I would say most of my female pre- friends the porn that they that they do watch is lesbian. That's weird. I didn't Interesting. I mean I kind of get it. it. You're like that's no, not me. I get it in the sense <laughs> of I have been to strip clubs before and I've been to both male and female strip clubs and when I go to a male strip club it's almost weird and oddly effeminate and not attractive at all. And I've had way more fun. Yeah, you're just yeah. I'm just like see, seeing these swinging dongs and I'm just like, this is hilarious. <laughs> and I just want to take <laughs> pictures to post on Instagram, but I can't. Right. <laughs> uh, but I've been to the female ones and they're more fun. I almost have more of like a sensual experience or something. Not that I've been in like 15 years, but uh, but that is my experience. So I can understand. No, I, I have the exact same thing. I find it sexier for some reason. I, I, I find it yeah, sexier than watching porn that is a guy ramming into a woman who says things that I would never say in reality. I just find it very, like, fake. Even though a lot of lesbian porn, the things they say, they're like, oh, did you drop that? Like, stupid things. But it, like, <laughs> where's, it's all- where's your softball? No. <laughs> did you, I'm just curious. Did you watch this with Jordan or were you watching by yourself? No, I was watching by myself. Actually, oh I my am, am going to give a shout out to... um this company that sent me CBD oil, they're called, oh God, I'm going to mess it up. I think Fairmall. So they're, it's like sensual CBD oil that's supposed to be used while you're having sex. And Jordan's family was in town, so I wasn't able to use so it we were before. Using it. <laughs> so we were all using it together. <laughs> so I wasn't able to use it with Weird my husband. Um, so they were downstairs like watching a show. I was upstairs using my Fairmall. So, and it was very good. Just, just giving a shout out to them. Um, and I was watching... My porn. Well, they were downstairs? Yeah, why not? I'm not loud. It was fine. (laughs) All right. Sorry, Dr. Kate. Let's get to the... (laughs) Oh, no. You guys are fine. I'm enjoying this. I'm like a fly on the wall right now. This is like like lesbian porn podcasting. I think think it's normal (laughs) for both... I mean, I'm not a psychotherapist, but I think it's normal from what I've read for both sexes to be turned on by seeing like the same sex being turned on because men have the same thing and it does not make you homosexual necessarily um you could be totally heterosexual and feel that way and it's very different than wanting to engage like in your own lesbian kind of like sexual experience right right i mean i'd be into that too but i okay like, <laughs> well then like, that, like you're penis, a different case like maybe. penis first i can never be a lesbian but i i could explore little bits of it but what about you do you like i don't know if you watch porn um <laughs> I, but I do. yeah i do watch porn um is it lesbian, dumb matrix, <laughs> clowns. Say, what do you I, watch? I think, uh, wow, I didn't know this is how we were going to start. Um, Neither did I. <laughs> you know, I think for me, what turns me on the most in porn is the traditional situation of like the woman kind of being taken advantage of. And for me, that yeah. that works. Um, but, you know, different things. I love that that's the traditional situation. Yeah. You know, when like you a know, woman's like totally objectified and taken advantage. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's but that's what's what's mind-boggling because of today's climate. 
women actually really want that, even yeah. though it's being projected to men that they don't. Well, I think anybody who has a lot of responsibility likes the idea of someone else being able to take control and like being able to kind of let go and and let someone else drive, oh, yeah. right? It's appealing, especially when yeah. you're with the more power and responsibility you personally have, right? Well, that's interesting. I wonder if there's a study out there for the correlation of like how dominant <laughs> you like somebody to be in the bedroom based on your day-to-day life. I'm sure that there right. are lots of studies that exist. Right. Or what type of people tend, like what type of men choose to engage in like a dominatrix situation? Yeah. You know, what what are they like in their personal life? Are they like betas well, I, or are they alphas, right? Well, I will say, so I used to work at this, this club called Limelight when I was 19 years old. It was in downtown Toronto. And uh, the first Tuesday of every month or like the third Tuesday, whatever it was, they would have a dominatrix night where they would shut down the club and it would just be like an S&M night. And I would say most of the people in there, especially the men, were like lawyers, accountants, like I would assume high-strung people right. that you wouldn't think would be in that world. Um, yeah, that that's who seemed to be in attendance. I, I can't say whether or not they were beta in their personal lives because I wasn't seeing them right. in that state. Uh, but it would be interesting to see, yeah, who they are in when they're out of that space. Anyway, this is going on a whole other tangent, but I still, I still think like interesting and important. Even the fact that the three of us talking on the phone, I'm, I'm not like an overly sexual person. Kristen is certainly not an overly sexual person, <laughs> but like the fact that we are talking about these things and we do watch porn and we do get turned on by watching other women, and there is. Oh, that level of uh, like voyeuristic stuff. Anyway, that that we're okay with porn. People who you wouldn't think would be okay with porn or watch porn, we do watch porn and engage in porn. And there is a health. Actually, I want you to speak to this, right? But I'm yeah. there's a healthy level of porn. But can you talk about some of you know the the, the negative sides of it and and how how that affects some of the men that are listening. Right. And I think it's good that we started with sharing that we, you know, as healthy adults or trying to be healthy adults, like we engage in porn and it's not, it's not pathological. Um, we're also women. It's a little different. But for the record, I didn't say I engage in porn. Just okay. For, <laughs> okay. All right. Just for the record. <laughs> well, do you? Yeah. Should we just clear this up right now? Um, well, since um, I've been living at my parents for like five months, <laughs> I've kind of gone down on the usage. But um, <laughs> but when I leave, yeah. it'll be a spike. So yeah, she's gonna go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that what where we could start. Um, my concern um, in the message I want to send today is is not really for our generation of men um, who came there when they were coming of age at thirteen. Their access to what they could see on the internet was not anything close to what it is today, right? So if they could download like a photo of a boob or like a penis, you know, um, yeah, that was still an, an access, but as it, as it's changing, um, these young boys who their brains are not fully formed, um, and they're getting exposed to just pretty much a constant flow of like anything their mind can imagine. imagine and yeah. so, um, in a, in a biological sense, that's almost like crack for 
that's ha- it's like a drug that's hacking our our biological mechanisms that are we're wired this way to further our species, right? So it's different than being addicted to something like alcohol or a substance, which we don't necessarily rely on for survival. But you know, right. we have ingrained in us this desire for novelty and variety, which is why we've been able to survive so long. But you know, hundreds of years ago, we men and women didn't have access to this breadth of variety, right? Um, So you would have to travel to different lands far away to be able to be exposed to somebody exotic, um, which we're wired to want to mate with, right? Um, But when, yeah, so when it's at their fingertips and they can within seconds access like so much, it starts to change the biochemistry of the developing, you know, male child, basically. Um, and that's going to definitely have an effect on their sexual appetite and, and thought process and stimuli threshold as an adult. And that's where it starts. In, to get- in what way? Well, I mean, we talk about, you, you said you spoke about testosterone um, last week. But what we're, you know, sometimes like testosterone. I, I'm happy to talk about testosterone in well, this I think, world of I porn. I think that younger men are facing a lot of problems when it comes to like being able to have healthy sex. And like the like pornography is one thing and like they could also have testosterone issues as well because of stress and sleep interruption and like exogenous chemicals in the environment, which act like estrogens. And that in itself can affect like the strength of an erection, like how how fully they're able to be. Um, Sorry, I don't have very much experience talking about that in those terms, but um, I'm just trying my best here. But um, in addition to that, when, you know, a a completely different pathway um, related to dopamine and dopamine receptors, which play a role in in erections and stimulus, um, those are going to be things that are affected by overstimuli and, and and we see sometimes that can cause erectile dysfunction even in younger men because they actually, through kind of like a pornography addiction, which is a little bit of a controversial term to use. Um, some therapists like don't recognize that as an actual addiction, but I do, and there are a lot of people who do. Um, but yeah, they can over they can be addicted to pornography, um, abuse it, which is sort of like a sex addiction parallel. They might be acting out in other ways in addition to the pornography, but if we're just specifically sticking to pornography and, you know, they're masturbating 20 times a day, they can actually burn out those dopamine receptors. And then they have a form of erectile dysfunction, which you cannot correct with something like Viagra because it's not a blood flow problem. It's not a testosterone problem. It's a, it's a receptor burnout problem. So guys who smoke too much weed burn out. (laughs) Well, um, right. No, but you're saying you're using it too much. Like the motor stops running at a certain point and takes That's a lot really more to rev that it up. Can actually happen. Right. You can actually burn it out like a, like it's a clutch or something. Absolutely. And <laughs> like in a car, you know? <laughs> um, well, yeah. So and then there, it's, it's not really quite like that simple, but, and then again, if they're having like testosterone issues at the same time, like just imagine that man as a partner trying to have a normal sexual encounter with their partner, like it can be very hard for them to be aroused and stay aroused and, you know, satisfy that woman. Um, but yeah. And you know, it, it's, the more like, ad- the more addicted they are to a certain behavior, like the more the brain will start to create, like, like imagine, um, imagine that you have a 405 freeway of a neuronal pathway in your brain towards like a certain activity, like going on the computer and opening all the windows and finding all the different um, things that you want to watch, right? And so the right. brain will secrete dopamine 
down that 405 freeway towards that specific activity. Um, and then if you're doing, trying to do other things where you require dopamine pathways just for like small levels of enjoyment, like taking a walk or, you know, um, seeing a beautiful sunset, like you just don't have enough dopamine to like fulfill those things. So you create this like bipolar brain chemistry that can leave somebody very irritable or angry or like bipolar ish presenting when they're not able to act out or when they don't get that regular, like four or five freeway secretion towards that acting out activity. So that's kind of how we like look at sex addiction, um, as similar to like gambling addiction. Um, and, and, you know, I think that that could definitely cause a lot of interpersonal problems and, um, that's again, separate from the dopamine receptor frying, you know, in the, in the penis. So. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of funny. I went to an informational night, um, like a month and a half ago for kids and technology. And one of the things that they were talking about is like, if, if kids are exposed to kids under five, if they're exposed to more than I think it's two hours a week or a day. I totally forget what it was, but that that can lead to mood disorders. Um, like, and it has like an adverse effect Two on their brain, of, which is of just internet of, activity, of, of screen time, yes. of screen time. Yes. Sorry, yeah, yeah. But I'm just like, just even saying, like, it sounds like everything in moderation is okay, but after that, it, it does have right. Or um, when it when you're talking about just screen time, I think a good strategy for children is to try to balance like screen time with um, outdoor activity time. So if they're going to be on the computer for two hours, then they should spend, you know, two hours or more outside playing um, so that they Do you think that's true for porn watchers as well? If they're indoors watching porn for two hours? Yeah. I mean, talking about porn and what you're looking at, that's one issue. And then the fact that you're on a computer and you're getting exposed to like, you know, all this EMF and, you know, these negative or sorry, positive ionic charges, which we know, you know, tire out the body. And like, when you go outdoors, you get the, those negative ions, which are basically like stimulating endogenous antioxidants. So we're, if we're thinking about long-term health, like, yes, we all need to balance like our electronic and EMF exposure with nature. Oh my God, Sally, you're like duly screwing yourself if you <laughs> are. It's, it, I, I mean, well, you are screwing yourself if you're watching a lot of porn. That's the whole thing, that you're ruining any other outside experience for yourself, which I understand would have extreme effects. Like, so Trevor, who was on our show, was talking about how, I think he said it on the show, or maybe he said it after, like 80% of men deal with ED issues. Yeah. Just to some level. Yeah. And I understand now how that could happen. Yeah. And the younger generation, I mean, we're not even going into, I mean, the psychosocial topics of how this affects like the teenagers interacting right now, like how the female, um, the women, the girls, okay, are interacting with these boys who are watching anal sex, like as their normal thing. And then the girls feeling like they need to not only be able to have anal sex, they have to be in like a certain position bent over with their back arched, right? Which is yeah, it's so bad for you. I'm back. sorry. That's not like a comfortable position for anal sex, but for, for me, is um, any position comfortable you guys. for anal sex? Like, I feel like it's just, that's the <laughs> gist of that. anal sex is like well, discomfort. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just think that if you're like willing to try anal sex with okay, your like partner, good you should be able to find a position that's comfortable like, and it might not, not be in like the, the most, right, like, right. In, well, okay. But it might not be like, like in this way where the man, you know, the most physically stimulating looking position, it's more about the comfort of 
person, right? right? And but the, but they have the expectation that these porn stars are perpetuating, which I don't know if a lot of people realize. Like a lot of these girls, when they're shooting, are you know high on drugs or drunk, or yeah. they don't eat food for three days before shooting an anal scene, right? Um, right. I mean, I'm not. I'm generalizing, and I is there a cleanse? There's got to be some sort of routine beforehand <laughs> and it would I'm be sure nice they if they're going before. to put it out there in the world well, so much that they're doing this they should let the public know like how they actually did it because they're you know prepared well <laughs> they, so there's this program that i recommend actually that was uh created by oh the girl that told Kristen to oh no uh, lick her own vagina no. <laughs> so, so she my she made nemesis. that program so it was she made it with my friend Josh, um, oh my God, whoever, go back to episode five when Ryan Keeley was on our show and just like listen to <laughs> Kristen Squirm. It is the funniest thing in the entire world. I just totally remember that. But so she made this program. I don't think she's associated with it anymore, but it's called Porn Star Sex Life. And it's porn stars teaching a seminar on how to actually pleasure a woman. And they break like all these myths about um, positions that like do horrible things like this. There's this one part where the girl's like, okay, so in porn, you see like women bending over and doing this. They're doing anal. And she's like, I, I have like a sciatic nerve issue. And she's, she's like, this would kill me. <laughs> but it was actually, it was really, I mean, she's, they're wearing lingerie and they're teaching the, the seminar that way. And they're showing moves that work. So it's like very sexy too. But she's just saying like, do not do this to a woman. It hurts. And, and she was basically breaking down like some things in, porn that are having negative effects on a man's sex life. Um, and so, what, so and what they are, think are, that women should be able to do, right? Which is a problem yeah. if you're 14 or 15 or 16 years old when, I mean, right. they, usually that's not a time when boys have developed a lot of like empathy and, you know, compassion. Uh, yeah. Ugh, it's, they're, right. they're and teenage boys. On the opposite side for girls. Yeah. And then the, yeah. A hundred percent. And then it continues with you until till later on. So yeah, it's just it's just a big mess. So I think the overall message that we are getting is that there are, you know, things in porn that are not reality, that are done exclusively for porn to make it look even sexier for you. And having conversations with the women that you are having sex with about certain positions that you see and how to, you know, and making them more comfortable doing things that you think are sexy would be really helpful. And then on the flip side, we're also talking about how too much exposure to porn and screen time <laughs> has has a long lasting, if not permanent, effect on your sexuality and who you are as an individual outside of watching porn. So I would say like if you're a teenager or you're like a preteen and you're getting exposed. Nobody's a teenager listening to this show. Well, they might have teenagers. Hopefully. Hopefully. They might have. Oh, right, right, right. Right. Um, you know, there's concern about the development of the brain. Um, now, if it's an older man, or not older, but like a man in his 20s or 30s, you're young, you have a lot of regenerative capability. Like you can rewire yourself. You can resensitize a lot of receptors. When we see this in diabetes too, like, we all have insulin receptor issues. Um, I mean, most people do now. Uh, some insulin resistance. There's ways you can resensitize those things. Uh, but you have to okay, be aware so of the problem know. and, um, you know, be proactive. And I also think it's interesting to mention, like, <laughs> again, that this is something so biological. And they have done research where they'll show, like, a man when he has one sexual partner and he takes, like, five minutes to ejaculate the first time. 
the second time he's with the same woman, it'll take, you know, 10 minutes. The third time it takes 15 minutes. And then maybe the fourth time he just loses interest and they kind of go eat a sandwich or whatever. Um, (laughs) But then they take the same man and they expose him to a new partner, like, and his ejaculation threshold will stay at five minutes, like until he just can't continue. Yeah. So this is research that uh, there's been a lot of studies done on it um, in different forms with different kind of like factors and variables. But the point is that with new partners, yeah, the ejaculation time stays the same and that they basically continue until they physically can't. It's not like, um, so you can kind of extrapolate what you want from that. But I think pornography definitely preys on that kind of. Basically, it's not making a good argument for monogamy. Well, you know, there's no, I'm just, I'm, I'm totally, that's a whole different subject, but, but yes, that's, it does make it interesting. That's inter, that is, if you're trying to procreate, that makes sense and spread your seed to as many people as possible, which is not necessarily the goal. Right. Exactly. But but I, but I, I love this conversation. I want to take a break and then I do want to, turn it on to you, Dr. Kate, and, okay. and dig into your dating life. Right. Um, and then answer some questions from our listeners. But this, I, I think this is really helpful information. It's, I don't know who's listening, who is having some issues, but if you are, this is really good information to know on how to correct or I guess just help what, what, what's going on. So we'll be back after this. Hey you, this is Marnie, and thanks for listening to the Ask Women podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Take a quick moment to give us some feedback on our iTunes page. We'd really love to know what you think of us. And also, give us five stars, just because. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, we are back with Dr. Kate. Uh, we were talking about porn in the first half of our show, and now we're going to talk about dating because even though Dr. Kate is a wonderful functional doctor, she's also a woman who <laughs> is single and dating. And so, and you're a smart woman too. Um, so I, I want to hear from you. Like, can you tell us a little bit about your dating life and maybe some of the struggles that you're having or obstacles that you're encountering <laughs> because of the men? Because you were you were telling me one story when I what I came story on was your I show, telling you? I, I don't remember. There's the guy who wanted to take you um, to the Lakers game. Oh no! <laughs> I don't even know if he exists anymore. That was like two weeks ago. But yeah, I want to hear about but you and dating. You're single, obviously. Yes. Um, but yeah, you know, well, I don't even know where to start. Um, I'm not really dating. Like I was sort of trying not to date like consciously. Um, okay. But that was a decision that I came to after being on Bumble and kind of getting uh, a lot of like I was t- I was going on a lot of dates, which I have to say is a lot of work, you know, especially when you're working and then you have to have t- self-care time and time to work out yeah. and whatever, you know, your needs are. I don't know how people do it with children, Marnie. I don't know how you do it. Um, I'm not dating. I'm married. Well, <laughs> so I don't know how people do it either. I don't honest. know how I mean, you, yeah. if, if you are, if you're divorcing, you have half the time off. There is, like, right. I mean, there are days to do it. Right. Well, so let me ask you a question. So you just said that you've 
taken off sometime. And Kristen's been in this state as well, where she's like over Bumble or over whatever. Um, when you say that you're not in the space for dating, does that mean that if you're not actively going onto any of these apps and you meet somebody that you wouldn't be open to a good match during that time period where you're saying you're taking off time for dating? Like, I, I guess... I guess I'm trying to get a read on, there's a lot of women out there who there, there are certain times where they do give the excuse of, I'm just not ready for this right now. Um, I'm trying to get the sense of whether or not those reasons are real and can they be turned around if it happens to be a good match? Yeah, I think that the problem arises and was arising for me with, I was just kind of getting into these casual, like I would see the person once a week and they just were not really adding to my life very much unless you consider having sex regularly, like an important thing that has to happen, which for some people, I guess. Which people do. Um, but I had to just get to a point where I was like, ah, is this really like worth it? And then you have, you're kind of creating an emotional bond with somebody that you may, I mean, we weren't even having conversations about the future or commitment or anything like that. Um, so I think that creates like an energetic strain and like an energetic diversion from trying to run a practice and be a good doctor and continue to learn and all of the other stuff I'm doing. Right. Um, right. so well, I, are you saying that you weren't having those conversations because you didn't feel it or because it wasn't, being I wasn't having those conversations. The well, they weren't asking me. And also, I mean, I'm 34 and I think that's an age that terrifies men because they think that this woman is going to want to be married in six months and be pregnant in a year um, because of their age. Right. Uh, So I kind of like avoided it. It, It's, and also I don't even know if that's what I want. I mean, maybe if it was the right person in the right situation and there was enough financial, uh, you know, surplus stability, stability, right. so, so no, I didn't have those conversations because these are guys I was meeting on Bumble who were, you know, maybe like 37, 38, like single kind of like Peter Pan, LA bachelor type guys. So I didn't really right. want to scare them away. Uh, right. Well, it, well, not scare them away, but is that something that you would like brought up to you? And, and do you think that, I know you just said it's a scary thing to, and you don't even know what your answer is, but. Would you like for guys to to bring that up? Or do you think it's too soon to bring it up? Like, what, yeah. what would you like in your ideal world? Mm, that's such a hard question, Marty. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Um, well, I can ask the same thing for Kristen, yeah, too. Well, like, let's, let's, start, let's ask Kristen and then I'll think about it. <laughs> You're like, let's see what she says. <laughs> Wait, okay, so what do you want to ask me? <laughs> yeah, she's snoozing on the other end. Watching her, no, she's I'm watching her porn. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the lesbian. Yeah. Do I want um, guys to ask me if I want kids on the first date? Well, do you want them to sort of bring up the topic of what are you looking for right now? Or is that too soon for you to say that? If I'm into a guy, yeah, he can bring that up. But if I'm not super into him and we're kind of just hanging out or going on a date or two and he brings that up, it's like, oh, like the walls start closing in. Like, oh, how am I going to lie to him and not like be honest about not wanting anything with him? So it, it becomes more of a... That's a good point because yeah, it becomes if, more if they of a, ask you if you want to have kids and you say yes, it's like not necessarily with you. With you. <laughs> right. 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 So I'm totally open to the conversation if I'm with the right person. Well, it sounds like you're open to the conversation no matter what because if 
it like if yeah, he's but not I don't want it around. to insinuate. I don't want it to insinuate like, what do you want in the future? And I start talking about, well, I want to get married and I want to do this and I want to travel. And then he's oh, thinking I'm referring to him. him that pat on the back. Well, yeah. Well, why are like, you no, continue, no, no. Why are you continue dating him if you? Well, if we just go out once or twice or something like that, you know, and it's you're not sure yet. Okay. Um, even if you're on the fence, you know. So no, I and I know it's tricky for guys because, like Kate said, we're on that that fence. We're we're on the electric fence essentially, which I don't know. That didn't make sense, but yeah, where we're does. a scary age for guys. And I'm sure we're yeah. like exactly what you just said about them. You are thinking the same thing from their point of view. That okay, if they're not sure about you yet, but you kind of like them, and you say, yeah, I want kids. That could be like zap. And they could say, okay, well, it's done. I actually went on a date with a guy from Bumble. And when we were on our first date and he said to me, after, you know, we had been together quite a while. We spent the day together. And he said at some point, I usually do not go out with women your age because they see me and they think I'm a dad and they just immediately want, you know, to get married and have kids. And that's just not what I'm looking for. And I was like, oh, well, why did you make an exception for me? Like, and he was like, oh, I just thought, you know, you're a doctor. So I figured you were like more career focused. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, okay. And so what did that do for you? Um, it kind of like made my stomach like turn a little bit. Was that insulting? I don't know that it, it was insulting, but I hadn't realized that that was the message that my age was sending until he said it. I just hadn't thought about it. I don't even feel like I'm 34. You know, I went back to medical school at like 30 and I just woke up after a time warp and now I'm in my mid thirties and I didn't really even feel like I experienced, you know, 30, 31, 32, 33, because I was in school. Um, right. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a little hard, but that was just my experience. So. Well, that's interesting. But also at the same time, he's saying, because you're professional, he probably didn't word it properly about how yeah, I, I I would see how that could sting as well. But he was he was kind of trying to say like because you're so focused on your career that we would have more time, like that you wouldn't be so fixated right on marriage. But which I understand. But for you, I'm sure that completely stung even to have that reality of your age is going to be right. Like, determined and, that, and I guy. think that's another thing that's so interesting to talk about. I've spoke with like other women who like um, my colleagues, and we've said, you know, when you make the decision to kind of have your own business at this age, it's almost like you're you're giving your fertility and your that mothering kind of passion towards that business and is it like a choice are you choosing one or over the other if you were to have children also you know oh God. are you a mother of my your god business? these are like things to think about <laughs> right right well, yeah so there's a lot a lot that goes on for for both sexes in their 30s so what would be the right protocol so that people don't waste their time. Because like, like I heard what you guys were saying that if you're not really that into a guy and he asks you, then it's like, uh, I could say I want kids, but it's not with you. But isn't that a good thing if that sort of makes you realize you're not really that into that person and then you don't see them anymore afterwards? But you can still say, yes, these are my goals. I'd love to one day have Right. And how do you only, how do you screen for people that are only willing to have a serious relationship that would also be right for you? And that's someone you want to have a serious relationship with without casually dating. And then how do you take time for casual dating when you are busy and don't have time to really deal with people who are wasting your time? Like that's so hard. I I mean, this is why I'm not really dating. I know. That's why like fancy speed dating is is helpful. (laughs) But even, even then you don't really get 
much information about them. Right. So in your ideal in your ideal world for both of you, how how would that dating process go? I think like a matchmaker what? service. Go ahead. Were you going to? Yeah. No, no, go on. That would be good. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually a girlfriend referred me to a matchmaker service and I just met with them. Um, I can find the name of them. Uh, I guess men pay and then they they do this whole background thing and select women and then they meet with you and then they come up with guys that they think would be a good match and then you meet. It's like this whole thing. But the women don't have to. Oh, that's so funny. You would say that because this morning I woke up to a Facebook message. Yeah. A girl saying, I, I know this is a little unconventional, but I came across your profile and I wanted to ask you, you're a single. I'm a matchmaker and I yeah. work with highly accomplished and committed minded single men who are regarded in their intelligence, success, and charisma. Uh, basically, she was well, trying to recruit me. We had, we had what's her name on our show? Um, yeah, yeah. 26. She was a matchmaker yeah, and she, she works for, uh, it's just lunch. There's another one, like th- the three date rule. That's like one of the largest matchmaking okay. companies. Okay, this service the I just looked it up. It's called Selective Search. So um, again, I haven't matched with anyone. But that's okay. So that's interesting. Yeah. That that's that's where you uh, you and other women like you would go. So women who are professional, who are focused, who are driven. See, it's interesting though that that's your that Kate. You see it like that because I will see it as a modern day version of of arranged marriages in a way. Because it almost seems like I'm going on, like I just clicked on their website and it's executive matchmakers and I fill out a form and basically it seems like I would be on here looking for a rich husband that I may be semi attracted to or okay with and then marry them. I don't know. It just seems like a weird, um, sterile. Isn't that what you're doing with online dating? Yeah, but, I, but, I, but it seems more like it's money driven mm-hmm. with the matchmakers. Yeah. Because you know the men on the other end are going to be very successful. Well, they're versus they're also, online dating. You could come across the bartender. They're also like paying for the service. But I mean, is that not? I, I don't know that the man. It's not like uh, seeking arrangements where it's like I'm a wealthy man who's willing to like pay your bills. It's more like a lot of men are. It's like a subtle arrangement. But aren't most of these men kind of waiting? Like men seem to feel like they have to be like completely established in their career really doing well and just done before they're ready to even consider settling down with anyone. And that's why they're, you know, there's being coming older and older. It's just the model is changing for when they want to have a family. So if these men have already gotten to a point in their career where they're like, I feel like I have focused on my career and I've gotten all this, I'm doing well and I'm ready now to finally settle down. And then they go to a matchmaker. I think that's different than it being a seeking that's just they're just ready they're the, they're people who are ready so you're not wasting your time with people who are just trying to have sex and then like not and just keep working and yeah and it's, it's not necessarily that these people are wealthy on the other end it doesn't mean that, that they it just means exactly what kate was saying that they're ready because even in the beginning portion of the show i just totally <laughs> forgot where my train of thought was going but you, no, but porn, you said something about no i I'm picturing like two women. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. No, anyway, for I'll get I'll, I'll get off of wherever that path was going towards. But it's just like it, it, exactly what she said. It's filtering people out so that you're not wasting more time interacting with these people who aren't ready. And because you are in this space, not that you don't have time to do it, but if you do have the goal of family. You want to know that somebody else has the goal of family as well and that that conversation is eliminated already so that 
you can just date. Like, whereas if you go out with somebody from Bumble on the second date where you're kind of iffy and you make that statement, like, what do you want? Then it could be a a turnoff for both of you. And you may not allow that spark to be there because something wasn't 100% right just yet. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that, it, it sort of frees up all that stuff. I, I don't see it that way either. Like how I can let you guys know. I mean, I haven't done it. I haven't met anyone from there yet. Um, It's interesting though. I used to work in an office with a couple surgeons and I know both of the surgeons because this is just a problem. Like I don't go out very often. So, and I don't want to be the person complaining about being single, but never going out um, and just expecting somebody to like bump into me on the street. Right. Um, So, you know, I want to feel like I'm being a little bit proactive, but I, and with these surgeons in my office who are both men, um, I know they both worked with matchmakers and they would go on dates and they would get set up with these really quality women that were great candidates. And then I, I guess the matchmaker was instructing the men, like, you're not allowed to try to sleep with them. And if you're going to just behave that way, like you're going to get removed from the service. So you only can go forward with them if you really like them and you're serious. And so they wouldn't really. Yeah, they, this sounds amazing. They would go on great dates. Like one of the surgeons told me, he was like, I've had the best dates in LA, you know, from the service, but I, I know it didn't, I didn't go forward with any of the women because I knew they weren't like the one for me and I didn't want to have a serious relationship, but I had these great dates with them. And, with, you know, um, I thought that was kind of interesting. Oh God, it does sound like that eliminates some of that pressure too. That's I also think from my personal feeling that both of those surgeons are not in any way ready for <laughs> like, they're not. Oh, that's, that's my personal. Too. Okay. So maybe they're not that's my personal ready. take on it. Uh, so that, I don't know. It's, but that's them further investing in what they're looking for and they're waiting for the one. Well, let me ask you a question because you brought it up. You said you are a busy woman and you are very focused on your career. You had, you know, your head in medical school. Um, where do you go on a weekly basis where you're open to meeting other people? Because men write into me all the time saying like, I don't like going to bars. I don't like going to clubs. Where else can I meet women? So, and Kristen too, I'd love, I'd love to hear from you. Like, where where do you go? Barnes and Noble. I know that Kristen has now said she is open. Seriously. Okay. Barnes so and I have my friend Dan, who um, he's actively dating and he's a really good guy. He has a good head on his shoulders. He always goes to Barnes and Noble if he's looking to chat with women. Okay. Because you know they're going to be, you know, like Alone. they're not going to be the party girl, but they're not also going to be like maybe the biggest book nerd in the world because it's not some like little independent bookstore or something like that. For him, he's like, this is my always like my go-to place. Interesting. Okay. So that's cool. But so for you, would you say that you'd be open to that and that's where you would go? Um, I would be, again, the right person. It's always, you know, if it's, if it's like today I went and got a smoothie and there was a guy there that was so cute and so handsome. And normally I, and not that that's all that matters, but I was like instantly drawn to him. And I wasn't necessarily going to be open to it for any other guy there. But if he were to approach me there, I'd be like, yeah, I'm super open to being approached here. But if it was his friend, I'd be like, eh, I'm not really into being approached here. You know, so it really just always depends on the person, unfortunately, I also, for me. Yeah, and I also, I agree with you. Like, I would love to be approached more in the, in the, in the day-to-day kind of locations, like coffee shops or you know, an exercise kind of thing. Well, you know, not the gym. I know that's like a sensitive 
thing. But Marty, I was watching your, well, I, I think that a lot of women like feel objectified at the gym or something. And that might be like a date. Plus I think gym interaction is like somatic narcissism. And that's why people always cheat at the gym with people from the gym. So it's like a whole other can of worms. I don't want to go there, but in day to day, or we can go there right. in a minute, but, <laughs> but um, yeah. I was yeah. watching your video, one of your videos, Marty, about teaching people how to approach and you were approach women teaching men how to approach women. And you were saying to practice approaching people that you aren't trying to date or sleep with just to like practice that. Because I really feel like the people who do approach um, are the people that you don't want to be with. They're the pickup artists and the, they're approaching a million girls in one day and it's weird. They're not the people you really would want to have a Right. <laughs> a meaningful. Well, it's interesting because I that like that's my biggest message to most of the guys out there. Like you're doing a disservice by not approaching the women that you want because you actually are a good, awesome guy. I'll give you the few sc- skills you need to make a good first impression, but like by not approaching, you're screwing these women and yes. you're screwing yourself. Yeah, like that because guy today totally screwed me. Yeah, yeah, he could have approached you. And then yeah. Jared, you know yeah. Jared, Marty, Jared. Jared Z, the dating, co- the male, you know Jared, your friend Jared. Um, he was saying, cause he's a, a male dating coach, like to women, um, not to approach men, but to like give signals that encourage them to approach you like a certain eye language. Um, but he said, if you approach them, they're going to think you're crazy. Oh God. Well, that's why women don't approach. Cause that's, those are the things that he said that if a woman approaches a guy, the guy thinks she's crazy. He said in his experience, like the women who are really forward, they're sending a message of like instability. And um, in his experience, like sometimes it'll lead to like sex, but they're usually like the crazy women. And he said that's the common yeah. belief of men. And I'm not saying this is true or right, but he said a lot of men, men believe that. And so they're suspicious of a woman who approaches them or they might just think she you know, just want, uh, you know. That's interesting because honestly today when I went to get my smoothie, And I was standing there thinking in my head, I do a show on this. I can approach, like I can also say hello. But I was was thinking he's going to be grossed out by the fact that I'm approaching him. Or suspicious. Right. And that's kind of a bummer because it feels like we have less control as women than in choosing who we want to date. We just have to wait for who's going to walk up to us. You know, that's kind of annoying. Well, there's always like a more feminine way to do all of these things. Right. I want your number. Hey, sweet yeah, ass. Right. Like, like, you don't have to be aggressively that. like, hey, but. No, you say, oh, hi. What are you ordering? And then let them take the lead. But yes, it, it is it is horrible when you are, you know, if you're thinking that you just have to sit back and wait and like you can give as many signals as you think are being given out to that person. But if that person on the other end is like, oh my God, I'm 95% sure she wants me to approach her, but I'm not 100%. And, so I'm not right. And I also it. think it's different if it's a situation where it's somebody you know, and maybe you've over time developed a crush on them. And it's different than being confident and just saying, hey, like, I like you. If you want to go out, like, I would. Like, that's a little different. Well, what are you going to ask right. me? Now? Right. That's feminine. I know. And in my program, that's not how men work that I created for women. I talk about it. I say, help a brother out. Like, give overt signs that for you may seem like aggressive, but for them, it's like, hey, okay, I'm over here. You can do something without being super masculine and stepping into this aggressor role. Because that's, 
what you guys are talking about is is a common fear for so many women. Okay, well, if I go and approach him, so I, I would like man? to bring this back to pornography because I think it's really interesting how hypersecretion of testosterone during like chronic masturbation will actually prevent the men from approaching women in their life because they are their needs are met, they are not hungry, they don't have that biological urge to go out and find a partner because they're getting those needs met on the internet. And I yeah, think that's another like huge a- problem. It's like eating a sub at home and then you go buy a sub shop and you're like, well, I just had one at home. Why would I go and get that? Right. And that's definitely affecting like our interaction and it's causing women to have to be like the aggressors too. So that's another shift we're seeing in the dynamic. I think it's caused by pornography and the internet and even just access to like apps. Yes. Okay. Very, very interesting. Well, I, I we could talk for hours about that. <laughs> I, I love all the, you you guys really did give true insider information, like with our, you know, the second half of the show. I, I, I love everything that you've said. And I hope that the men who are listening have gained some value from this. If there was a quick way to wrap up <laughs> what you've said, how, how would you do it to give them a, a path oh. and direction to go down? Because what I've heard is that it's too scary to approach because men think you're crazy. It's too scary to say that you want kids <laughs> because men are going to run away from you. So what can men do on the other side to make that easier for you know quality awesome women like you to express these things? So this is not an answer I have. <laughs> I'm going to have to default, Kristen. <laughs> I'll re-ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't think I was on. I didn't think oh, I was on back for this question. <laughs> All right, we'll ask this again on our next show because I think it, Marty, do you have the answer? I, the The answer is that you always have to go after what you want, but then also acknowledge that that women on the flip side are nervous about certain things, just like men are nervous on dates about things that they may have to reveal or things that they may be asked. Women are also, you know, like sitting on their hands, thinking, "Oh God, is he going to ask me about children? And what do I say?" and announcing to them your your perspective first of where you are at, what you want, how you feel about things. Um, I think just, I've talked about a million times, announcing the elephant. If you're a guy, I talked to this client yesterday who's like, okay, right now I go to bars and clubs. I spend so much money at bars and clubs and I don't end up getting anywhere with these women. All I want in my life is to have a partner that I can go travel around the world with and spend the money that I spend at these bars and clubs, I'd rather spend it traveling and doing wonderful things with a woman. I don't think there's anything wrong in How, saying that to a woman, that that's what If somebody said that are. to me, and I'm not a dating coach or a psychotherapist, but I would say, I don't believe you. Like, I do not believe that man. I do not believe that's what he really wants. And I think in his choice okay. in going to the clubs, it's like, no, he's getting something else out of that. And I think it's bullshit, but that would just be my take. No, but that's interesting. And I'm sure that Christian would probably say the same thing. If she too. was listening. <laughs> if she was listening to the show. I was listening and I agree. Yes. Interesting. Okay. So then how would that person show you? And that I would it was also true? wager to bet that there were women that were interested in that that he was like dismissing. Interesting. Okay. That's interesting. But I would probably need to know more. And again, I'm not a therapist, but. No, but um, you're a woman. That's the whole thing. It's interesting to hear (laughs) that because of your experience in Los Angeles, that. Yes. Well, this is the. That's what I'm going to say when someone comes to like in a a therapy office. I'm going to be like, I'm not a therapist, but I'm a woman. (laughs) Yeah. So I can take your appointment right now. (laughs) Well, I will say something. When I first met my husband, all of his friends were still going 
to bars and clubs because that's what they knew how to do. But it's also fun. I mean, it's fun. It is fun. But there was something in me where I kept thinking, oh, they're not serious. They don't really want right. anything. There, there is something. But when I would sit down and talk with them, it was very different. And I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't get like a bullshit signal going off. I mean, obviously there has to be more in place. Um, it can't just be a statement of, oh, I want this and this and this. Isn't it kind of like saying, I really want to lose weight and be really healthy, but I'm, I go to the candy shop every weekend and I get a lot of candy and it's like saying, I don't know. Yes. I genuinely would love to be healthy, but I'm going to the candy shop and I'm complaining that I'm not like getting nutrition from. Well, what would you say if somebody said that to you that they're just like, I don't know where else. I would say that you're addicted. I would say you're addicted to sugar. You're not addressing like these core issues with your lifestyle and why you're not finding what you want based on your like addictive patterns of dysfunction or like, you know, something not lining up with, with like, there's some disjunct disconnection between like what you're brain and physical body are used to doing and your physical urges are wanting and your psyche is wanting. And until you can find an alignment, you're not going to, there's always going to be a disconnect. And then it would beg the question of like, do they actually really want to change? Yeah. Fatty put down that chocolate bar, pick up a salad. (laughs) That is pretty much very similar advice to what I gave to that guy because we had Tucker Max (laughs) on our show a very long time ago. And Tucker Max was talking about when he went from being like, crazy player who had sex with everybody he and he wanted to get a girlfriend he kept going to the same places to try to find a girlfriend he kept finding that it wasn't happening for him clubs and bars weren't working even though he had this different mentality about what he was looking for and so for him what he ended up doing was he mapped out what kind of girl he's looking for what his intentions are and then he started plotting places that these women would go to what okay if i want an intelligent woman what kind of things would she want to go do? Would she want to go to the opera? Would she, or would she want to go to, you know, club X, Y, and Z? And and he started to shift the places that he would go to. So it's very similar to what you were saying. Yes. And he also was putting an intention into the universe and then allowing that to manifest, right? Yeah. It's just about... So there's a spiritual component. Sometimes people need a little bit of direction on that because they don't know how to do anything else. So they don't know the other resources. And if they are a certain age, they don't want to waste more time. Kind of like we... It's, it's right. It's also like, oh, I'm spending so much money at buying bottles at clubs. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, it's just like, hi, you know, I don't know. But I, I hear you. I, know, I hear you. But some people get into patterns, right? Same thing with going to McDonald's every day. They get into a pattern. It's easy for them. And they're like, okay, well, I, I'm walking to McDonald's now. Why am I not losing weight when I could just put down that burger? And this all wraps up into the same thing of, addiction and training your brain and serotonin levels. And it, 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 it's all, you know, it's, it's really all on, on the exact same level for everything that we're talking about. Anyway, Dr. Kate, thank you so much. I love this episode. I think it was really great, great insider information. Um, and thank you so much for having me. It was really fun and different than what I usually do. But yeah. Can you tell people, um, where to get in contact with you and how to work with you? Um, my website is just drkayte.com and my Instagram handle is the same at Dr. Kate, K-A-Y-T-E. And I host a TV show for Focus TV Network that they can find on focustv.com called Mind, Body, Spirit. And 
that's pretty much it. And that is me. Awesome. Okay. And Kristen, if she's still paying attention to this I'm episode, listening, I swear. Tell people. I've been, I've been passing on what? a lot of people to you recently. Kristen I know. is a and texting expert. So I tell am. people uh, how to do that. Yeah. Well, they can hit me up at kristencarney.com slash dating help, or they can just send me an email straight through the contact form on my website, and uh, I will hit them back. But just so you guys, I will hit them back with my fist. Um, (laughs) But I actually today got two emails (laughs) from guys saying thank you for um, the the progress they made in bantering with me. So just putting that out there. If you guys want to be one of those dudes, hit me up. And I'll hit yeah, you back. because you're good at it. I'm I am. It's weird. I'm like, I keep saying, I can tell you what's not working, but Kristen can tell you what exactly to say. So then. Yeah. It, I, I, I have like a formula, the whole thing. thing. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, anybody who wants to send in questions to our show, please write into ask at askwomenpodcast.com. If you have any recommendations on guests or if you want to be on our show and ask a question with us on the phone. Uh, again, write into ask at Ask Women Podcast and hopefully we'll get back to you if we find you interesting. Before 2025. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and new episodes of the Ask Women Podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific and go and subscribe to our show. Please, 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 please don't waste your time downloading individual episodes because that time could be spent on meeting. And also, we never say awesome. we never say to rate the show. So you yes. guys should also rate the show, but only if you want to give it five stars. If you don't want to give it five stars, then rating doesn't exist. There's, right. That doesn't that's even, right. yeah, that's not a thing. So many people write in, they're like, I don't know how to use iTunes. <laughs> I'm like, well, never mind. <laughs> just don't do it then and just tell other people about yes. it. Anyway, we will see you guys next week.